This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee, and we are back this week with another episode for you guys. I'm your host, Tyler Hurley, here with Robbie Lashua. Yes, I'm here, and I'm ready, and I'm caffeinated. Caffeinated. I've got my coffee. So I want. I did want to be honest. I'm drinking an iced coffee drink in this coffee mug, Oh, okay, but it looks yeah. better for the video if I have a mug, right? It does, so I anyway. guess. Yeah, yeah. I just kept mine inside of my plastic cup, you know, but this... Well, you're authentic. I'm authentic. There you yeah. go. I, 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 I don't give you guys a filter of my myself no, I, no. I give you the real me i drink yep. out of plastic coffee i just cups, want people you know? to be envious of these <laughs> mugs i want people to want these mugs so. the mugs are awesome yes mm-hmm. yes that is true anyway well we're glad to be here today we're gonna be talking about yeah. uh the texas heartbeat bill uh mm-hmm. that got passed we're gonna be talking about the satanic church we're gonna be talking about personhood and we're gonna be talking about abortion Yeah. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a great show. We have a lot in store for you guys today, but before we get into that, we're going to talk about coffee like we do every single week. Yeah. So this is what I was wanting to do, and and I think we're going to gain some really strong support, and then I think we're going to also make a lot of people upset and hate us for For sure. Yeah. But I wanted us to talk about uh, our opinions on the pumpkin spice craze. Okay. Yeah. So Tyler, you go first. What do you think about, what's what's your opinion of every Every time this mm. fall, like they got pumpkin spice, everything, man. Okay. They got toothpaste, yeah. they got coffee, they got right. toilet they paper. Yeah. I mean, whatever, right? Everything's the pumpkin spice. Well, that's weird if yeah. that's true. I believe it though. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I, I, so, you know, it's funny. I don't recall what your opinion is on this, but what, what I will say about my opinion, I, I really like pumpkin spice, you know? In coffee? In everything. Okay. I'm serious. Okay. I'm a typical white girl. Uh, I got made fun <laughs> of. It's true. I got made fun of by a, oh, a good great. friend of mine who I, I very much respect. Uh, uh-huh. I was at uh, I was at school. This was a couple of years ago at GCU. I was sitting outside of uh, Einstein's, right? Uh-huh. He still brings this up to me like every fall or whatever, whenever I see him and stuff, he sees me. He walks by, and I kid you not, I have a pumpkin spice latte Mm -hmm. from Einstein's, of course, with a pumpkin bagel with pumpkin schmear. Oh, nice. (laughs) It's all pumpkin, and I was very involved in it. Were you wearing an orange shirt? I did. You know, I was wearing a a nice little sweater. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Scarf. Yeah, exactly. A scarf. So, you know, that's, that's the thing for me. It's. It's, I don't know, it's just, it's a flavor that is exclusive to this time of year. I mean, I know you can get it the year round, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like, you know how around Christmas, like you, you taste peppermint and things like that. Yeah, sure. For me, it reminds me of, wow, like it's fall, uh, Halloween and then eventually, uh, Thanksgiving coming up, like uh, a new season. Well, most of our listeners won't understand this because we live in Phoenix, so there there aren't any seasons. That's true. We need something to mark out. That's exactly it. So I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. Cause here it's still in the hundreds, Mm -hmm. obviously. And that's, it's going to be like that for the rest of the month. Pumpkin spice. Yeah, exactly. That's great. The trees still look the same. They're all dead. Right. (laughs) Everything's still brown. Yeah. But but still, so that is my opinion of pumpkin spice. I love it. And okay. it's something that I've had my, like for most of my coffee drinking life. So I like it. Yeah. yeah so like my opinion of it is like, I, I think it's fine in coffee. I haven't had, I don't know when the last time I had a pumpkin spice, anything was like probably like mm. 10 years ago. I was like, Oh, pumpkin spice latte. This is good. 
but I think like I rebelled against it because everybody was so about it because of the fad. and I just don't want to yeah. go along with the crowd. Yeah, so I don't think it tastes bad. I think it tastes good, but I don't want to be a part of that. And so uh, <laughs> I like the flavor in the coffee, but I don't like the pumpkin spice. It's not hipster floss enough for you. flavor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the pumpkin spice everything. Yeah, I just I get tired of it. And the one thing sure. that does give me a pet peeve, even about Christmas decorations or Halloween decorations, is like. Stores put it out so early. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, uh, Valentine's Day is over. Now it's time for Christmas stuff. It's like, what? what is yeah. going on here? <laughs> and so I don't like when things come too soon because uh, then it's not as special because you have it for a longer period of, of time. Of course. Right? And so I, that's kind of my opinion on it. I don't think it's bad. Um, it's definitely not something I'll order. Um, but you should try the pumpkin cold brew at Starbucks that they get usually. Uh, I don't know if they have I'll it this year. That. Maybe I'll try that. that, that I had good. that. Okay. I think they came out with it last year. Okay. Yeah, for the first time, and it's really good. And I know you're a cold brew guy. I am. So you might like that. The only thing I like doing with pumpkins is putting them in a potato gun and launching them. <laughs> Have you ever used a potato gun? That, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, we used to like build I've never them. done it with a pumpkin, though. Yeah, one of my <laughs> friends built one when we were like in sixth grade, and he built out a PVC, and it was like industrial. And um, we would put like ether into it as the combustible. Wow. I mean, it's not safe. But we'd <laughs> stuff it after Halloween. We'd stuff it with all these old pieces of pumpkin. And it was awesome because we'd spray them down with ether and spray like and everything, too. You oh, know? yeah. And then, <laughs> right? we'd, then we'd light the thing, and it poof, and it'd send out like this flaming pumpkin ball. It was awesome. So I like, that's the kind of spice I like in my pumpkin. Ah, uh, that's pretty spicy. Right it is. Well, look at that. Well, yeah. now I've learned a little bit more about you. Yeah, and there your you go. Taste for pumpkin spice, or I guess lack thereof. Lack of so, taste for it, yep. Look at that. Anyway, well, let's get on to the topic of, of the day. So yes. this has been a huge week. Um, this mm -hmm. Texas abortion ban has gone into law. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. has been, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be litigation against it, but so far this has been a huge win for the pro-life movement. Yeah, it, it absolutely has. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, obviously, uh, the details of this, we're going to go over that. But um, yeah, Texas has banned abortion uh, in a bill that prohibits most abortions after a heartbeat can be detected, which yeah. is after six weeks. After six weeks. Yeah, so virtually... A lot of people don't yeah. know they're pregnant up until that point. They and don't. So you can find out. You before can. Then. Yeah, you can. And it's possible that they can still even get an abortion with this law. Like yes. it's very possible. It's prior still. to six weeks. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But uh, this is a very clear law because it not it's it's not something that can be enforced by state officials, right? It can't be enforced by police or government. Yeah. So That's this not, is where it's weird. This is what's interesting. Yes. And I I, I was very uh, shocked. When so I let's read make these sure details. we spell this out. So like yes. like if, if somebody in Texas has an abortion after mm -hmm. six weeks, it's not like a cop can go arrest. No, them. you can't go and arrest uh, the abortion doctor. They're not going to get thrown you can't in prison. Arrest, uh, yeah. The woman or or the man involved. You can't arrest anybody. The civil. Yeah. The 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 state officials can't yeah. enforce it because so, because. They, so how does this work? Exactly. So that's what they, they got into trouble with because they were, they were thinking to themselves, how can we essentially remove abortion from the state up until this, this term mm -hmm. without, cause it, there would be a lot of legal, legal issues if they had gone that route and tried to make it to where it was a law enforcement thing. Yeah. So what they because, did instead, because the federal government has deemed exactly, it legal. Exactly. Sure. So that's where it would be a problem. So what they did and this is clever. The law is that it can be enforced by a private citizen bringing a civil lawsuit case against someone, whether it be, it can be an abortion provider, someone who aided in abetting and having an, an abortion or someone who forced a woman to have an abortion. And the lawsuit 
allows the individual who is suing that person involved mm -hmm. to up to ten thousand dollars. That's awesome. In, in fines, basically. So it's not even. So here's the thing. So it's not even like a uh, my girlfriend had an abortion against my will. No, nope. it's anybody yeah. has an abortion, I can bring a lawsuit against them. Exactly. So what it, this now does is it, it doesn't even, it doesn't put anyone in jail. It doesn't. Because mm -hmm. what this does is it's, it's lawsuit related. It yeah. gives people the legal right to sue over if someone has an abortion. It, but that's not even it. Anyone who's even like a third party not involved. Yeah. So like say that, uh, say that like um, a mother uh, finds out that her daughter went in and had an abortion yeah. and it was supported and funded by her boyfriend. And then the doctor, the mother who is not involved can even go in and say, well, look, uh, that's not legal. And I didn't I, like, you shouldn't have done that. Yep. They can sue the abortionist doctor. Yep. So this is everybody else involved. Yeah. Puts puts abortion as a business out of business. It does. Because exactly. every, because every citizen of Texas has the ability to sue somebody mm -hmm. who's had an abortion or who who um, uh, who was involved who, in it. who's involved in abortion? Yeah, exactly. So it's very it, interesting. It incentivizes people to not go through with it because they'll be afraid. Wait, I could I could get sued here. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and so here's another interesting caveat to this whole thing is that the only way for an abortion provider to claim a defense against the application of this law. So if they want to mm -hmm. if they want to protest this law, the only way that they can do that legally is they have to wait until a private citizen sues them. Yeah. And then once they go to court, they can raise their contrary argument because this is where it's interesting. So like um when laws get passed and people are really upset about it, mm -hmm. they'll sue somebody or they'll bring a legal case against mm -hmm. somebody like the state or some yeah. legislator who produced the law within yeah. this bill they wrote that you can't sue the writers of this bill mm -hmm. or anyone in the state because the state isn't enforcing it yes correct it's fascinating that, that's where this is an amazing legal loophole that they had found it's, that it's really it, smart it is yeah yes. and i like it because this reminds me of the scripture where jesus says to be as shrewd as serpents but as innocent as doves yeah and this yeah. is using the american law um, mm -hmm. going through the legal channels but doing it in such a way where like the Supreme Court can't undo it. Yeah, they can't. And that's what was interesting. The mm -hmm. Supreme Court in a vote, in a five to four vote, denied to stop this from passing. Yes. And so this is right. just an amazing, amazing win for the pro-life movement. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's huge, of course. Uh, because the thing is about the goal the goals of the pro-life movement are to make abortion illegal and unthinkable. We've talked about that plenty of times on this yep. show. That's something that we are about. Uh, like this, this is the goal to be nationwide, right? Uh, not even six weeks. Like this should be just moment of conception. Yeah, it doesn't matter how old a human being is. You shouldn't have not. the right to kill it. No, absolutely not. But what this will do, though, even at the heartbeat bill, that significantly reduces it. Oh and man, so yeah, big majority time. of abortions cannot occur if there is a heartbeat bill in yep, place in so, the state of texas yeah yep. exactly so uh, that is what's amazing here is so this is accomplishing the goal of the pro-life movement by to where it's unthinkable so it's not merely legal it's also missional in that we want to convince people that killing a child in the womb is a horrendous evil right yeah and that's where because here's the thing even if this was still legal but yeah. most culture thought this was a horrible idea of course then we wouldn't do it so our battles on both fronts yeah of right? course it is because like you said like this 
this could be the law nationwide, but culturally yeah. people might still be upset about it. And the cultural movement could still even be like, Hey, no, this is bad. And we, we want to change people's minds, not just what the law is. Yep. Cause that's, that's significant here. Exactly. Yeah. And now when people say, well, you can't legislate morality. Well, that's exactly what all laws are trying to do. You're absolutely right. Stopping at a red light is legislating morality. Yes. It's subject. They're, they're reducing, they're kind of reducing this to a, a subjective moral idea. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do with abortion. Uh, so, but getting on with the kind of this whole idea of what's going on in Texas, obviously, like we said before, there would be some people who would want to countersue or oh, get yeah. involved. People are going to push back against it. Because, sure. and they have been, that's been uh, something that has been breaking my heart lately is seeing just how crazy it is out there right now mm -hmm. with the cultural movement against this. Uh, but one thing in particular that we wanted to shine some light on just to bring awareness to this is it's fascinating. The satanic temple is fighting this Texas heartbeat bill by claiming that their religious liberties are being taken away. Now, you know, you might think, well, wait, 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 what religious liberties, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that might be confusing. And now I've got some statements here, uh, from the founder of the satanic temple. Uh, and th these statements are from, uh, fox7austin.com published on September 7th. And his name is Lucian Greaves, okay? I believe I pronounced that correctly. That sounds just like somebody who would start the Satanic Temple. It does. Lucian sounds Lucian a lot Greaves. like Lucifer yeah, a little bit. So I'm just saying, okay? Anyway. anyway. If your name's Lucian out there, we're sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so the, this is a quote from the founder of the Satanic Temple. He said, We really feel that the freedom of choice is something that belongs to a religious membership, and they should be able to to on religious liberty grounds maintain it mm. right so the satanic temple recently sent a letter to the fda asking the church to be allowed asking for the church to be allowed to access the abortion inducing drug for its rituals meaning what they were doing is they're saying that because it actually is in a lot of satanic doctrine yeah Abortion is ritualistic to them. It they is. believe that it is a part of their sacraments. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to make a case to the government and to the state of Texas specifically in saying that it is their right as a religious freedom mm -hmm. to do this. Well, and this is interesting. So mm -hmm. the Satanic Temple isn't the same organization as the Satanic Church. Yes, and that's an important thing to Yeah, the clarify. Satanic Temple, they're, they're really uh, an interesting group because they don't believe in like the supernatural. They don't worship Satan as an entity. They say he's more mm -hmm. of an idea of standing defiantly against tyranny in all shapes and forms. Um, however... Um, they think that as part of their religion, which is science-based and freedom choice-based. Anti-religion, basically, and, yeah. is, which that's not really a thing, but yeah. that's what they call but they it. But ba yeah. they're, they're basically saying, we want to allow for abortions. Exactly. And so, so here's, uh, here's a couple of things that I think are, are interesting is, one, um, that it's not illegal to have an abortion until after six weeks. Correct. And I think it should be illegal always. Yeah, okay. absolutely. But if you are that bent out of shape, as the satanic church, why can't you have abortions before six weeks? Why as part of your rituals are people not taking the morning after pill at every gathering? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like what exactly are they pushing for? Like, no, we want the fetus to be more developed so that it's a it looks more like a human being when it comes out. Like That's what the are question. they pushing yeah. for? I don't understand it. 
That's exactly what you would wonder. And so if uh, TST is allowed uh, access to the abortion drug, uh, meaning TST, the satanic temple, yeah. uh, any woman can request access to it. That's what they're yeah, trying well, to so get So they'll at let here. anybody, well, there, but there's a caveat to this, which is fascinating. Right, so yeah. they're like, we'll let any woman come and have an abortion <laughs> exactly. under our umbrella of religious liberty, but yes. there's a catch. They have to declare themselves as a part of the satanic temple. There it is. There it is. And there it is. So, Bingo. So basically, you, don't, you know, just just throw everything you believe away and just renounce yourself to Satan. Think about essentially. this. Essentially. And what, then you can you can kill your baby. That's what how they're it is. pushing for is if you want to have abortions legally in Texas, you got to join the satanic temple. Right. Uh, so, okay. So this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking this is actually going to help the pro-life movement. It absolutely is. <laughs> no, no, really think it You got to think about this, right? And look, this is just, of course, this is just a speculation thing here, but, but it just makes sense. It's common sense. If there is a literal activist group out there that is, that literally has their devotion essentially to Satan. Mm-hmm. Or at least to atheism. atheism. Basically, they believe they're gods, right? Exactly. But by them putting satanic in their name, that's what they're implying, of course. Even though that's not what they say they stand for. It's on their name. That's the thing. So, like, by them doing that, they're literally pushing to the public out there and saying, look, you become a a part of the satanic temple. Mm Mm-hmm. And you, you can have an abortion that, that just tells people, uh, because people, even like secularists will believe and understands to some degree. Yeah. You know, it's probably bad to like literally worship the devil. Cause yeah. some people have a concept like, Hey, we're like the satanic movement is bad. Yeah. That's not like, something that, I really want to be a part no of. No one wants to be a part of that really. So, but now, so this is kind of like an interesting thing in which will counter. And like Robbie was saying, I think it will help the pro-life movement because mm-hmm. it kind of gives them a bad PR. It does. It does. So I think it'll help. And yeah, one thing I saw him say too, was that, um, this is this law being passed is akin to, um, making wine illegal and how the e- illegality of wine would make, the Roman Catholic Church Lord's Supper not function. That's what he said. I did not hear that. Yeah. That's crazy. And so I was thinking <laughs> about that and I was like, well, okay, so, but what is being accomplished through the use of abortion? Like, that's what scared me a little. Yeah. Like, okay, so having wine in order to have communion, or the mm-hmm. Eucharist, uh, having an abortion in order to what? To complete their ritual, I guess. What's the ritual is what I want to know. The real ritual is killing life. That's what it is. Well, and see, and I've heard some horror stories from the satanic church and things that warlocks do and things like that. Correct. Um, And it's just... But what is the temple? That's what you would wonder. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I don't know, and I haven't looked into it. But because well, that's the thing, and this is this is where it's interesting, right? And yeah. this, this is something else to think about. Obviously. Those are two different things entirely, mm-hmm. I think, personally. Because if you're thinking about it from a legal standpoint, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to say, by legally outlawing wine, right, mm-hmm. you can't perform communion. Yeah. So in the same way, by legally outlawing abortion, you can't perform their sacrament. Whatever that goal may be. Yeah, the whatever, rituals, whatever Say it that is. there is a concrete goal that we have not fully looked into with sure. their, their goal. Yeah. 
whatever it may be, it really stems down to is uh, your value and what you define as the unborn. It really does. And what yes. we define them as a society. Yeah. Because, because sure, uh, the difference here, though, like, it, like if the unborn was not a human being at the moment of conception, and this is just anything, then it's no different from outlawing wine. Yep. Or, like, and it should be legal because, yeah, you're preventing someone's religion, religious. You're preventing them from doing something they want to do. Sure. But we still have all of these laws about murder. And that's exactly the case. Yeah. And so that's, that again, gets down to the distinction and we've had, right. we've had so many shows on abortion in the past, but it really gets down to this, this is the distinction of what is the unborn. And that yes. is the question that needs to be asked because they're obviously not believing that it's a person. And we're going to talk right. about their view of what the unborn is in a exactly. little bit. Yeah. But I want to, I want to talk about how we got here. So this is, this is interesting. Um, there's this thing out there called personhood theory. And the idea is that um, a baby in the womb uh, has to earn the status of personhood by achieving certain levels of cognition or certain levels of function or certain capacities or certain self-awareness or certain autonomy that the, the, the baby isn't a person until it achieves certain goals. All right. And so for, for a long time, the pro-life movement has been pushing this belief, which I think is true. It's provable that at, from the moment of conception, it's a human being. Yes. And right. really what that's been arguing against is it's not just a clump of cells. It's a human being from the moment of conception. Yeah, absolutely. Which is scientifically provable. Mm -hmm. It's completely true. What has happened is that the pro-abortion side has, has done a maneuver where they said, okay, we agree with you that scientifically it's a human being, but it is not a human person, right? Yeah, that's, that's what the distinction said. that's being made. It is a human being, but it's not uh, constitutionally protected because it is not a human person. Person. Yeah. So, so what do they mean by that? What's the difference between a human person and a human being? Well, that's exactly that's the question. That's the question. And so, so where did this idea come from? Because this is where it gets interesting. Where did the idea come from that the physical human being is is able to be separated from the human person? And when does the human being become the human person? Exactly. Right? And so this idea of separating personhood uh, comes from uh, basically relativism being dominant in our culture and naturalism being dominant in our culture. Mm -hmm. So uh, Christianity teaches a holistic view of human beings, right? That we are body and soul. That we are material and immaterial. Yeah. And um, that's what a human being is. We're not one without the other in who we are, right? Even the resurrection of our bodies is a vital aspect of our theology because a human being is body and soul. Yeah. And God's going to fix our souls and he's going to fix our bodies. And then in the eternity, oh, yeah. they're going to be joined back together. So... Um, unlike that idea of human beings, our secular culture has this fragmented view of human beings. And so um, basically in a nutshell, what's happened through 
uh, Western culture is this. Um, naturalism or atheism and then uh, postmodernism, relativism have kind of meshed together in the minds of modern Western civilization. So we're, Christianity is over here, and then there's the atheist naturalist who thinks that science is the way you can know everything. Mm -hmm. And then there's the postmodern relativist who thinks that when it comes to morality <laughs> and uh, religion, we can't know what's right or wrong because science is the only way to know what's right or wrong. And you can only do science to physical things. Yeah. And morality and religion aren't physical things. Therefore, nobody knows. Therefore, you can make up whatever you want. And there's a lot of, lot of issues with that. Well, right? a lot yeah. of issues. But that's yeah, where, that's in a nutshell, that's where we've come to, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. So, so you have people, the majority, I think, of people in Western culture have gotten sucked into this two views, or sometimes people call it the, the <laughs> fact value split, um, where... On one end of the table, they believe in science and the hard facts of empiricism and, and that what, what we can know with our five senses and is verifiable is yep. true. <laughs> but when it comes to the non-physical, the metaphysical part of reality, they think they can make up their own rules. Make they can anything, yeah. choose to be who they want to be. And that is where <laughs> we are living. So how this applies, we, we, we see this in a lot of ways with transgenderism, right? That your physical body doesn't mean that's who you are yeah on the inside because the relativism side trumps the fact naturalism yeah, of side. course um, when it comes to hookup culture right we've talked about this i can use my body to sleep with whoever i want but i don't have to emotionally get attached to them my inner person doesn't and and yeah. there's a whole bunch of problems with this belief but a lot of people are walking around with it and so when it comes to abortion what has happened is okay in the fact scientific realm, we know that uh, the baby is a human being. It has human DNA. It's alive. It reacts to stimuli. It has human parents. So the law of biogenesis yeah. comes into play. All those things we talked about before. It's provable that it's a human being. However, they will say it's not a human person. And that's because there's that split of the facts and then what we deem things to be when we want them to be, the relativism. Yeah. And so that's where we are living. And you can see this from so many different people's um, quotes about abortion. And they justify it based on this personhood oh, argument. Of course, yes. All over the place. Yeah, I mean, like, again. So I'm, let's get back to the satanic temple. Yeah, that's what right? I was going to so say. So in the same article we were reading... You got this quote by Lucian Greaves. What did he say yep. is the reason for abortion? Yeah, and he talks about personhood like he just describes. He mm -hmm. says, uh, for us, for personhood to be achieved and for those protections to be in effect, there needs to be some type of higher cognitive function. Okay? So he set okay. a standard. He's yep. saying in order for like the unborn to actually be a person, in other words, to, to where we value them and shouldn't kill them, essentially is what he's saying, mm -hmm. uh, is when they have a higher cognitive function. I love how he says some type of. So oh, that's of, very yeah, definitive. It's very vague. Come it's on. extremely vague. He, so, it, it, and that's where it becomes subjective, Robbie. That's where it's like, okay, it's up to the person individually to decide that, right? Yep. That's what it comes to. Uh, I'm also going to read a quote here. This is by uh, Peter Singer. Uh, he's a Princeton ethicist. Okay? okay, think about what you just said. A Princeton yeah. ethicist. <laughs> yeah, that's All what's right. interesting. Now, here. Okay, here we go. Yeah, a Princeton ethicist. He says the, cons the 
concept of a person is distinct from that of a member of the species Homo sapiens, and that it is personhood, not species membership, that is most significant in determining when it is wrong to end a life. Uh, Peter, okay, think about that. Okay, now think yeah. about that. So it's not about belonging to the Homo sapiens species. It's about personhood. Mm-hmm. And you can end the life of a Homo sapiens species member as long as they haven't achieved personhood so, yet. Th- you know what's strange here, Robbie? And this is just like something I'm observing from that quote. Uh, he is implying like... But in order for this to be true, there is an implication here that there is some sort of spiritual aspect to human beings. That, dude, okay, that so has to be. That's the craziest part of it is a lot of atheists will say this kind of stuff. Yeah. But then you say, okay, so when do they become a person? And yeah. They don't know. But yeah, there's some kind of metaphysical, meaning non-physical, yeah. non-objective criteria. It really... Off of what he said, there has to be. Well, and practically, it comes down to whenever I think it's a person, it's a person. Yeah, but that's not what that's he said. That's what it comes down to. No, exactly. it's not. But he, yeah. he gives... But here's the thing. All of these guys, they don't give any definitive criteria on when a human being becomes a person. But this is what was crazy to me, is this personhood theory, horrible ideology, mm. got smuggled into this debate by the Roe v. Wade um, decision. Mm. So I want to read to you a quote yeah. from Justice Harry Blackman, um, and he cemented this personhood theory into American law. This is so yeah. horrendous. So in the Roe v. Wade decision, he says, quote, the word person as used in the 14th Amendment does not include the unborn. If the suggestion of personhood is established, the fetus's right to life would then be guaranteed. So he just claims that that there aren't persons. A fetus isn't a person, right? That's what all he says. The word person is used in the 14th Amendment does not include the unborn. Why? Where do you get that from? He just says it. They're not a person yet. But then he says, if we could establish that they are persons, then the, the 14th Amendment would guarantee so their So that's right why life. all these other people are coming out and making a distinction between yes. personhood. Because they're, like, yes. they're trying to get around that law and yep. say, look, yeah, it can be well, human beings. And but, since 1973, yeah. with technological advancements and scientific advancements and medical advancements, oh, yes. we know that the baby from the moment of conception is a human and, and being. And that's, that's like an, a scientifically undisputable fact. It just is. And that's something that people try to work around. Yep. But the unborn is a human being at the moment of conception. But what this is saying, Tyler, is that being biologically human no longer warrants any moral status, any legal protection, any rights because you're a human being. You have to attain something else. And now, again, Mm -hmm. this gets scary because that sounds like what Hitler was saying. The mentally handicapped, the disabled, the Jew, they're not on the same level as the rest of us. All it does is subjective dehumanize human beings. <laughs> all it takes is to remove them of their personhood like that. That's what yep. it's happened all throughout history. That's how, uh, that's what a lot of racists today think. They well, think that yeah. like lesser, um, right? Yeah. American slavery. Yeah. That too. Right. I mean, uh-huh. all, there's, there's all like, the, Sam- the Samaritans and the Jews yeah, like, clashing. I it's, mean, there's always been these things. Yeah. There's always this idea of a lesser personhood, right? Yep. And that's what's happening here. As soon as we start to mess with that. Well, and that's where the debate yeah. of abortion is today. So it's awesome when we say that life begins at the moment of conception. Most people agree with that now, but they say, yeah, but that life isn't a human person yet. It's just a human being. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so that's, that's the case here, right? So in order to support abortion, a person needs to believe that the human fetus is of such low value that killing it is inconsequential, but that this same unimportant human being somehow transforms yeah. into a human person that has such great value and worth that killing them will be murder. So wh- where is the line? <laughs> and then not only that, I know when yeah, does that take place? Nobody see, knows. You even see what what's in baffles me to this day is that even in our laws today, that if a pregnant woman is killed, it's considered a double homicide, a double homicide. Yeah. But if she decides to kill it, then it wasn't a human. It, being. Exactly. It's so it makes no sense. It, there is no logic to it. No, there's not. There's it's, it's very subjective and it's just them basically saying we can just do whatever we want. Yeah. That's what, and that's all there is to it. Uh, personhood theory though, has a huge issue because no one agrees on how to define personhood, right? Yeah. That's the biggest issue here. If personhood is not equated with being a, a biological human being, then what is it and when does it begin? Right. And, and then that is actually something that the, the law and Roe v. Wade, the quote earlier, he yeah. said, if the suggestion of personhood is established, right? Yep. That's what he said. Yep. Meaning that if you could present a legal case that the unborn are a human being at the moment of conception yeah. with a person yeah. at the moment of conception, by that definition, this, they have the right to life guaranteed according to that according law. According to the 14th amendment. Yeah. And that's what should happen. But here's, so, yeah. here's, here's how, here's how it's working though. Mm-hmm. So we've got the fetus, we can do the science on it. We yep. know it's a human being. Right. But I subjectively still want to kill it. So I'm going to deem that it's not a person yet. There you go. That's what they do. And then when you ask, well, what is the criteria for personhood? Some people say, well, they got to be at this level of cognition. Well, they have to be able to function outside the womb. Well, the they have to be. Is why. And yeah. they're all these subjective things. And you say, number one, where are you getting that from? Mm-hmm. You're just making that up. And number two, I can give you example after example after example of people who are outside the womb who mm-hmm. fail your criteria of a being person, a human yep. person. So now we're at the place where if you're mentally handicapped, you're not a human person. Yeah. You're, you're physically handicapped. You're not a human person. Well, that's actually another it's point. It's so yeah. scary. If you see the danger in that, yep. if, if we continue to pass laws and legislation that define personhood, and if yeah. it falls under that category, yep. people who are living would qualify as not being a person well, if Tyler, they don't fall under that criteria. So many people, and racism is horrendous, and the American slave trade was awful, un- unthinkable, mm-hmm. completely against God's word. But what were the people then doing? They were deeming a certain group of people less than human or not as much of a person as me based on skin color. Now we're doing the exact same thing based on your level of development. It absolutely is. It's insane. It's insanity. Yeah. So this, this is, this is where we're at with this debate. And so I did want to clarify the the personhood thing because we can prove that they're human beings. Of course. That, that, That fight's over. We've won. But now it's moved to, well, they're a human being, but they're not a human person. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. And then that is where the focus needs to be at, right? It has to be. So I want to read this quote mm-hmm. to you guys from Nancy Piercy. She wrote a phenomenal book called Love Thy Body. Uh, you need to go buy it and read it. Um, this is what she says on page 84 of that book. When the concept of personhood is detached from biology, it becomes arbitrary with no objective criteria. Eventually, the definition of a person will be enforced by whichever group has the most power, using the instrumentalities of the state. 
If an unborn baby is not a person, what about children already born? Mm. What about people with disabilities? People who are terminally ill, the mentally ill, the elderly? This is a good quote from Nancy Piercy. Of course it is, yeah. And she's right. When you detach personhood from biology... We are in a world of hurt because whoever's the strongest determines who's worthy of living and who's worthy of dying. Yeah. It's, it's ultimate tyranny. That's, it's ultimate terrorism. I mean, it's, it's just, it's insane. Instead of that all men are created equal, mm-hmm. not achieve equality, but are created equal because as a human being, we were made in God's image and likeness. Yeah. That's yeah. the Christian view. When we get away from that, then whoever has the power... Like uh, Pharaoh, mm-hmm. throw all the baby boys into the Nile River. Yeah. What is any different about that? He's deeming who's significant and who's not, and he has the power to do it. Yeah, exactly. That, that's where we're at right now. And so um, we need we got to think through this, and we do have a good tool that we've shared before on how to get your friends and family who are pro, pro I'm not going to say pro-choice, pro-death, pro-abortion. Yeah, absolutely. Thinking about these things. And so let's walk through this time-tested, amazing sled test that can help us with the personhood theory argument. Yeah, of course. And so uh, this is something that we've done an entire podcast on a couple times mm-hmm. about this. So if you want an even further in-depth analysis on this, uh, please look up our uh, past pro-life series on the sled test. But we're going to give an overview of that right now uh, because it's important that we cover this because it is such an issue going on right now and it's something that we need to be aware of yep and uh, need to know how how to to talk about and know how to talk about 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 it with people exactly easy way to remember how to talk to people yeah so sled is the acronym okay s-l-e-d right so that stands for size level of development environment and degree of dependency okay super easy to remember sled okay that is what we're going after here um, these four points focus on what gives a human being value and worth, right? Personhood. Not just, yep. Exactly. Personhood. Yep. Not just saying, hey, they're, yeah, they're a human being, but they're also a person by that law definition and by this weird legal debate that's going on right now. Yep. So uh, starting off with the first letter, okay? Size, right? Uh, does the fact that a fetus or zygote is extremely small make it non-human, right? Because I'm sure you probably have heard this. It says, well, they're so small, right? It's yeah. it's microscopic. Like, there's no way that that's a human being. Even the morning after pill, right? Well, you yeah. won't even notice. You won't even yeah. notice, right? Yeah, that's exactly what a lot of pro-abortionists use. Uh, this type of argument or this terminology, all sorts of arguments like that. Well, when you use look at the sled test and you think of size, right? Uh, does the size of a person determine their value? Right. I, I'm, I'm just saying like, it's, it makes sense that you're, that well, we're you're not. taller than I am. Yeah. So are you more of a person? Am I more I of a person? Or maybe I'm more of a person cause I'm smaller. What's the difference? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't exactly. Know. Uh, is Shaquille O'Neal more human than I am because he is like five times my size? Maybe six times. I'm being yeah. a little generous. Well, it's interesting to think about that. Like, yeah, how, yeah. how do you measure personhood? Is it based on physical size? Exactly. It, it, that's the question, right? So that is the question. Um, are these professional athletes or anyone more or less valuable because they're bigger than the rest of the population or are infants ready, right? Like toddlers mm-hmm. new bo- or newborn if- infants or maybe a couple years or a couple months out the womb. Yeah. Are they less valuable than the rest of us because they are smaller than the rest of humanity? 
right? So, so that's the question. Does size equal value? And I don't think it does. And no one thinks it does because it's just not true. Yeah. Nobody would say that for people like, outside. Of and the that's world. not even like a, like, yeah, there's a Christian perspective of like what, where human beings get their value. But even on like a secular level, yeah. people understand, yeah, like that, th that's not the case just because you're smaller than me or I'm bigger than you, vice versa does not make you more or less a human being. Well, now think about this a little bit. Yeah. Um, just because I'm, bigger than you size wise mm -hmm. or, or more powerful than you doesn't mean you're not a human being. Exactly. But the yeah. very thing that, that we would all agree to with when it comes to size is the thing that we're doing is you have a mother who's in a position of power mm. over the baby in her womb. Yes, of course. And because <laughs> she's in that position of power, she magically has a right to kill that human being. And that's the case right now. What would now? be the difference about, you know, like some big NBA star, because they could physically mm -hmm. harm littler people, we would say, come on, you can't do that because they're human beings with dignity and value and worth. Of course. But, yeah. we, but in the womb, it's no big deal. There's, there's zero difference. And, and if you think like we're reaching here, we're really not because you have to follow these things out. Yeah to their logical consistency. Well, and see, and that's where people will say, well, but they're not a human person yet. And then you can get to, okay. when do they become a human exactly. person? Exactly. So look at that. Now that moves on to the next part, yep. Robbie. Yeah. So we got size, level of development, environment, degree of dependency. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk about level of development. So does the fact that a baby in the womb is at a certain developmental stage of humanity make it non-human, non-person? All right. So is, is, is value is personhood based upon our abilities? No, it can't be No, because then, yeah, because then who, it depends on what abilities it's all subjective. Right. So, um, the question I would ask people and I have asked people is are female toddlers who have not gone through puberty and can't reproduce not human persons like adult women. Mm -hmm. And, and everybody I've talked to would say, no, of course they're a human person, right? Of course they have value. Of course they have worth. Well, but they haven't developed to the level of being able to reproduce, right? Yeah. Are middle, yeah. Are middle school boys less valuable because their brains haven't developed to the point where they can have abstract thought? Yeah. No, yeah, they're, they're still a the human thing. person, <laughs> but they're, the they're just at a, they're just at a certain level <laughs> of development, right? And so now apply that to the baby in the womb. Well, listen, it's a baby the entire time. It doesn't become a human person at any point. It was a human person from the moment of conception, but it was at different stages of development, different mm -hmm. levels of development. It's all about consistency with this, right? And that's what the sled test is trying to do. It's trying to uh, bring out yeah. abortion, pro-abortion logic in, into its full philosophical consistency. Yep. And it exposes it. Well, yeah. that's where you go back to Lucian Greaves' <laughs> statement when he right. said, uh, you know, for personhood to be achieved, uh, there needs to be some type of higher cognitive function. Right. So and he's he didn't saying, say what it was. He just said so, it was so vague. Well, because you can't yeah. pinpoint what it is. <clears throat> but, but, but that's where he's getting at is they have to develop to a certain level. Because I don't even think newborns have a very high cognitive function. Well, that's the thing, man. They don't have autonomy either like no. i've heard sometimes people say well they have to you know uh well we'll get to that in a second right i don't, don't want to blow the last uh the last yeah right right, of right, these. right. but yeah level <clears throat> of development does not yeah. determine personhood living things change in level of development but they don't change from one type of thing into a different kind of thing of course right? not. that's really important to think about a giraffe was always a giraffe right mm-hmm 
not just physically, but even in their uh, mentality and yeah. in their decision making. They are. And, and it's the same with human beings, human persons. Living things don't change from one kind of being to another, but they do develop over time. They right. develop over time. And the slippery slope with level of development becomes, well, okay, what about when we start to lose certain cognitive abilities? What about people with dementia, Tyler? Well, that is Are they not, right? Yeah, exactly. That's something that, that's talked about a lot. It's right. Level of development, right? If you were... I mean, it's even kind of just like, like other, not even just dementia patients, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's people who have other disabilities or yeah. missing, missing limbs, right? Or yep. things like that. Uh, like, do you think that a combat soldier, a wounded I know. veteran who wounded comes back physically wounded mentally? Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're, they are people who are completely like, like not uh, missing these regular parts of the human body that allow them to function. Yeah. Are they not are they a human not person a human. anymore? Yeah, or are they less human than you and me because they are missing these and things? And see, that's where it gets interesting. Is yeah. like, okay, so if you cut off my leg or my arm, did I lose part of my personhood? No. And that's, no, that's because where you, you start to even think. No, because you are a human yeah, being. Yeah, yeah. What, and that also brings into like a, another argument of like what, what really is a person, soul in general. Yep. Because it's not the material, obviously. Because if you're missing all that, you're still you. Yep, so it's, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, but still, for the argument in abortion... You can't say that an unborn is not a human being based off of where it's, what stage it's at in its development in the womb. No, because we're all at different stages yeah. out of the womb. And so now we're exactly. determining what we can kill, what and then, we can't. And then just another thing with that too, I, I always go to premature children, right? Sure. Like, like premature, uh, just, they were underdeveloped, right? Mm -hmm. But, but a lot of hospitals will like risk a lot in order to save their life. They'll, they'll go all in on trying to save a baby's life if it's wanted, apparently, mm -hmm. versus um, someone who maybe like up until birth can yeah. be aborted in certain states. Yep. And so that's just the, the factor to consider there. It's because what, there's such a crazy view of I yeah. get to determine when this person is valuable. That's exactly that what's going on. And that is horrendous. And we shouldn't do that. So size, mm -hmm. level, development aren't good reasons to have an abortion. Let's go on to the next, the next one. Yes. Yeah, so the next one is the E on the sled test, right? Uh, environment. Okay. So a fetus is located in a very specific environment, right? Okay. Yeah. Another, like a pro abortion argument that you might hear that relates to this as well. Uh, they're, they're not born. They're not actually human being because they're not born yet. They're still in mm -hmm. the womb. Okay. Yeah. Anything inside the, the womb, that's not actually a human person yeah. because they're not here. They're not with us. Right. But then that's they come out and they magically become a human All of a sudden, yeah. you know, the magic of the birth canal <laughs> as they yeah. call it. So, uh, so that is a pro abortion argument that you hear a lot. Uh, but the thing that's very fascinating about this, if you play it out to its consistency is that this does not, well, your environment does not make a difference on whether or not you are an unborn, like whether or not you are a human being mm -hmm. and it doesn't for the unborn. Uh, the, this is how you kind of trot that out. Uh, does a person, the question that you would ask is, does a person's location determine their value, right? Does a person in general location, does mm -hmm. that determine if a person crosses an international border into another country, right? Are they not a person? Are they not a person, right? Or if they're in between, um, if you're in space, right? Mm -hmm. If you're in a different environment, if you're away from the rest of humanity, if you're like in an enclosed environment, yeah. are you not a person? Yeah. 
That's and like like this seems interesting because you kind of or someone who scuba dives, right? You're in a yeah. completely different environment. Well, you think about a baby in in the womb; they're not breathing oxygen through their nose and lungs, no, right? They, so they, they're being they're assisted. Having, mm-hmm. Well, that scuba divers do that. What about all these people who are in the hospital with COVID that are in feeding tubes? Right? Well, Isn't we, that very similar? Yeah. Yeah. So you see, so what's the, wh- how how can people argue? Well, depending on your environment, you are a person or you're not a person. That, is, it's crazy thing. to think about. That's exactly the issue there. And uh, and the thing is, is you you tend to wonder why in some cases that a baby in the fetus in the same environment, two mm-hmm. different babies can be given a different value placed on them dependent on whatever the subjectivity of the mother yeah. or people surrounding gives it yeah so like there's one mother, no objective yeah test. exactly that's, that's why. the thing one person can say hey my baby is my baby and i believe that they're a human and i want them to be born i want my baby so yeah. there you go uh, so that's where it becomes okay so you're not really you don't really believe that it's involving the environment that determines a person's human value you no. really are just trying to make an excuse to subjectively say that I don't want my child. And so that's really what's going on here. It is. Yeah. And these are the excuses made to basically say, I, this is inconvenient and I want, it's a matter of convenience. It is absolutely. So the last one in the sled test is degree of dependency. Mm -hmm. So we had size, level of development, environment, and degree of dependency. And so, uh, the idea is that, um, some people say, well, when a person isn't viable, right. Or like we read in that Peter Singer quote, they don't have a certain level of autonomy. Mm -hmm. Um, then they aren't deemed a person yet. So it, if a person's not viable for survival, does that make them not a person? Absolutely not. No. So so think about this. If you're dependent on something, someone or something else for your survival, are you not a person? Every kid, like up to like, I don't Babies know how old. Yeah. aren't autonomous. Babies can't feed themselves, change themselves, burp themselves, nope. roll over. I mean, so what's the difference between, a, you know, a six month old and a baby in the womb when it comes to well, even dependency? Like, like three to six years old kid, Bro, kids, like they can't take, what about you have kids. High school, like they what about yeah. high school students? They're not yeah. dependent of their parents financially, but that doesn't mean they're not a human person. Absolutely not. It just means they're 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 not developed to this independence yet. And the other thing is this: all of us are dependent on something. I'm pretty dependent yeah. on food. I'm pretty dependent on air. Yeah. I'm pretty dependent on water. The other thing is this: what about <sighs> diabetics? Oh yeah, they yeah. are literally dependent on insulin. So yeah. the fact that they're dependent on insulin does that mean they're not a human being? That's a big deal. And these are the things that we need to be thinking about. Yeah. yeah. What about pacemakers? I know a guy who had a pacemaker put in not too long ago. So his heart's dependent not working on- right. So is he not viable enough to be a human being because he's dependent on a pacemaker? What about people with artificial limbs? What about yeah. I mean, you could go on? What about wheelchairs? Yeah. Isn't a wheelchair a dependency thing? Right. Yeah. That's it. And that's on and on and on. So people in these situations aren't less human persons than, than everyone else. Right. So the argument Mm -hmm. that when there's a baby in the womb is not a person until they achieve this viability outside of the womb, it's just completely untrue. It's, it's flawed logic. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. I don't know any newborns who are sufficient to exist on their own and survive on their own. Right. I don't know many junior hires who could exist (laughs) on their own. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, all of these arguments are just so bad, but this is the stuff people have to make up when they are fighting and raging against reality. 
Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's where we're at with uh, the Satanic Church. That's where we're at with Peter Singer. That's where we're at with so many of these personhood theorists because they, they don't want to give you a criteria for what deems a person a person. It really comes down to, I just want to make a choice to do what I want to do. Yeah, and that's the thing that you got to realize with a lot of these people. Uh, And the crazy thing is, so we've actually, uh, Robbie and I both have done this uh, many times. We've had conversations with people about the sled test and things in relation to this, and people's minds are changed. They are. It's because... There's a lot of people out there that just don't understand that haven't been like walked or through haven't this thought before. through the logic. Yeah, haven't yeah. thought it through. But so like either you just don't understand the the personhood idea here that of that the unborn is a human being and mm-hmm. person at the moment of conception based off of scientific facts and philosophical logic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or you have to be consistent and just flat out say, look. I just don't care, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with killing unborn human beings. But persons. nobody wants to say but that. But no one right? wants to. Yeah, no one wants exactly. to say no, We dehumanize them so then we can do it's, whatever atrocious things we want to do. Because they them. know it's wrong. They understand that that idea is wrong. Yeah. So they even will sometimes even lie to themselves yeah. and say, look, this is just going to be the, what I make this false reality out to be. Mm hmm. For my subjective idea that I think that I should be able to terminate my children whenever I want. Yeah, and also, no. What betrays that fact is that nobody is making robust. I mean, I don't want to say robust because that means they're good. Nobody's sure. making effort to argue in this way for um, root canals or for nope. appendectomies or for a gallbladder removal. Mm-mm. So why do they have to argue and justify so much for killing a baby? And that's it's because it's right? not the same type of thing. Yeah, exactly. And now, now that's the thing that you gotta you gotta remember. Um, obviously, like we we don't have all the time in the world in this podcast to go over everything that's mm-hmm. out there. But the sled test is very applicable to all these different pro-choice and pro-abortion arguments that you'll hear. Uh, because a lot of times, what they'll even do is uh, they'll deter the conversation away from what is the unborn, and they'll try to focus it on uh, emotional factors. Right? Yeah. They'll try to distract you from the conversation and say, uh, "Well, what about the mother? About this? Like the mother, the mother, the mother. She has, yep. she is going." through so much and honestly a lot of women really are going through a lot right so what you do in that case when whatever the argument is follow it through with the consistency is that hardship that the mother is going to have to go through through carrying that baby to term worth killing another human being over Mm -hmm. It's not. It, it it's all, not in the womb is. or outside of the in womb. In the womb or outside the womb. And if you want more information on other mm-hmm. tactics we, we have for uh, abortion, go listen to our uh, other yes. uh, podcast on abortion where we talk about um, the trying out the toddler mm-hmm. and we, we show how scientifically that uh, babies are human beings. But today we did want to focus on personhood yes, because course. that's really where the debate's at now mm-hmm. um, with the satanic church. Um, and with, with ethicists like Peter Singer, and we got to be prepared to talk with people about that. Cause that's a maneuver they're going to use. Yeah. It's a human being, but I don't think it's a human person. And, and this is especially important that if you're a Christian, you, you cannot be pro-abortion. You cannot be pro-choice. That is super unbiblical. Yeah. In so many ways. It's and very against what God says human beings absolutely are. Absolutely is. And so if you're a Christian and you are pro-choice or pro-abortion, please uh, take some time to look over this and look over what scripture says about human life because yeah. uh, this is very crucial as a believer to be 
understanding of what, where God stands on the position of this, right? Yeah. And so, and please, again, we've done other episodes on that as well. So please go back and look into that. Um, but pl- also, if you have any questions or anything at all related to the podcast or anything uh, that we was not discussed that you want a little bit more information on or have some uh, dialogue with us, we are on social media. You can reach out to us on Instagram and send us a message that way. That's the best way to do it or on uh, Facebook or yep, these other all platforms. in the places. So, yeah, you can yep. even email us. We, we have emails. So. Even that, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> We'd love to hear yep. from you. But hey, thanks so much for being with us today mm-hmm. on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Make sure you're going out and you're standing for life yes. and you're helping people to understand that every human being is a human person, no matter location, no matter how small, mm-hmm. no matter level of development, no matter how much they're dependent on other people. Every human being is also a human person and we can't detach those two things from one another. Thanks so much for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and coffee and we will catch you guys next week if you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on apple Podcasts. also if you become a level four supporter on our patreon page you can get yourself one of our stoneware christ culture and coffee mugs as well as a t-shirt and a sticker We are available on all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee.